podcasting from Ocala, Florida, the horse capital of the world, this is Parables, Life Lessons from a Horse. And I am your host, Kat Chrysostom, founder and owner of Benefab, author of Broken to Branded, and most importantly, an animal advocate and a positive leader. This is a podcast showing how love, connection, and trust translate into leadership and how horses have led me into becoming a better leader for myself and in my business. I'm so glad you've joined us. Now, let's learn something new and have a little fun, shall we? Welcome to another episode of Parables Life Lessons from a Horse. I am so glad you are here. We are going to be covering some really fun topics today and really diving in and analyzing, um, you know, how we can do things better, how we can become more creative and structure our lives to really get to where we want to be. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about structure and sequence. And, you know, really the sequence of events matter. And a lot of times we don't put enough weight on sequence. Um, We just look at the, the final destination and we think we need to do X, Y, and Z to get there rather than really analyzing it and figuring out for our success which things should we do first, um, and and what sequence um, of events makes the most sense. We're also going to be talking about structure and really setting ourselves up for success and what sets us up for either success or failure. And when we fail, what should we do with that? You know, failure is a topic that a lot of people don't want to discuss, and it's something that I'm actually really passionate about, which sounds Kind of funny. I'm passionate about failure, but failures teach us the most. Um, You know, we learn most from our mistakes. So, we're going to be talking a lot about that and, you know, what to do when we win and what to do when we lose. And I like to say we either win or we learn. We don't win or lose. Um, You know, and what, what can we do to learn from our failures? So, to begin, I really wanted to tell you a little story about Para and why this episode was really placed on my heart and why I wanted to talk about this topic um, and and why how how Para has really shown me why sequence matters and how it has been interpreted by him. And so interestingly, when Para came to me, um, he did not want to be caught, and he would do just about anything to avoid being caught um, in, you know, in, in the pasture. And he had been in a very small paddock or in a stall where he couldn't really avoid being caught. Um, but when I had him, um, when I took him back to my place um, and and had him back underneath my care, which if you guys haven't heard the story about Para, I really encourage you to go back to episode one and learn a little bit more about um, him and myself and kind of what brought us together. Um, but when I had him under my care, he was in, it was really just being renaturalized, And he was in a herd of 13 other geldings. 
out in quite a large pat pasture. And if you had a problem catching a horse, there was no way you were going to catch him in that pasture. Um, and so it was, it was a, it was definitely a lesson for me and it taught me a lot. Um, but one thing it taught me was catching a horse is very different from actually training and educating that horse to want to come to you. So catching versus versus approaching them or having them approach you. And it was really interesting when I finally had Para intrigued enough um, and connected enough to start approaching me, I would always have the halter in hand and be ready to slip it over him. And I am guilty and I will admit it, I wanted to get that halter on that horse as quickly as possible when he would come up to me in the pasture because I was afraid he was going to wheel around and run away. And he did just that time after time until I got more clever and began instead of putting the halter on and then giving him a treat, I would give him a treat with once I wrapped the rope around his neck, gave him a treat, loved on him, connected, and then put the halter around his face. Now, I'm not saying that would work with every horse, um, but the point was is that the sequence of those events made all the difference in the world for Para and I. And it was a simple change of doing one thing in front of the other instead of after the other. Um, you know, sequence matters. And I think building a friendship and rapport with animals or people is so important. You know, before we ask people to do something for us or with us, we have to establish trust. And that's the same thing that I found with Para. You know, we have to establish that relationship and that rapport with our animals before we can ask them to do something for us. You know, we do things with people that we trust, that we enjoy being around, that we synergize with. We don't just walk up to a stranger and ask them to do us a favor. I mean, Perhaps we all have done that at one point in time. Um, but for the most part, you're not going to ask something serious of someone that you haven't built a relationship with. And I think we can really learn from that. It's the same thing with horses and animals. You know, we have they have to trust us um, and we have to trust other people in order to really build and grow together. So... Sequence matters, and on top of sequence, structure matters. Um, so we all have goals. You know, we all have our strengths, our weaknesses, our goals in life, and a lot of us spend so much time in our own heads, you know, thoughts rattling around and ideas being created, and, and maybe you're spending time in your head and you don't have any room for new ideas. Maybe you're stuck just with no new ideas. You're kind of stuck and paralyzed in, in your own mind. Um, so the question is, how do we get out of that? You know, how do we structure our lives for success? And I think one of the most important things to remember is that 
Structure is extremely important. You know, it's the certainty. It's the consistency. It's easy to understand. You know, some people are so task-oriented and so structured. I don't know if you've ever walked into an office building with many different workstations, um, but one story that always comes to mind when I think of structure is I went um, actually to do some training out in Colorado um, once, and I was training a staff of people, and I w- walked in, and there were a lot of workstations, and I'm walking through, and I'm looking, you know, just kind of saying hello to everybody, and walking in, and this one workstation that I pass. It was a young woman who literally had, I would say, no less than a hundred post-it notes on her wall of her workstation. I saw it and it gave me a little bit of a panic (laughs) because it was so many post-its. And I, I commented on it and she said, oh yeah, that's how I keep track of everything. And she takes them down as she, you know, completes tasks. Now, I would say that is an imbalance of structure and creativity. Maybe it works for her, but my point in that is that structure is really easy to understand. It's consistent. It's easy to understand. It is bullet point, task-oriented things. The flip side of that is that it can get really boring. Um, It can become really mundane if you have too much structure and not enough creativity. Whereas creativity is that flow, it's innovation, it's those bursts of, you know, ideas and and it can be very difficult to understand. Creativity can be intangible um, and, and it can be hard to communicate. So that is where that, you know, we really have to have that fine balance of structure and creativity because ideas are wonderful. But without structure, they can never be put into, put into place. They can't come into fruition. Whereas structure is great, but if you have no new ideas, then you're not going to be able to really have that feeling of growth and uh, accomplish your goals. Because not every idea is going to be a winner. We know that. There is, you know, many, many times in your life you are going to fail. And that's something that we have to accept, but we can use that failure to learn and create an even bigger win the next time. As long as you win at least one more time than you fail, you're doing well. Um, So, you know, structure versus creativity, I want to really um, ingrain that within uh, our, our minds because it's so essential that we have both components in our life and a balance of both so that we can have new ideas and innovate and be in that amazing flow, but also have the structure to to bring those new ideas to fruition. And on that, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. And I think that way too much weight is put on our weaknesses versus our strengths. So many times, you know, we spend our whole lives addressing what our weaknesses are, improving our weaknesses, you know, um, figuring out what they are, finding out 
what we can do to improve them, what we can do to, um, you know, uh, change, change our weaknesses, rather than figuring out our strengths, forget about our weaknesses. Let's figure out our strengths and really hone in them and make them stronger. You know, if you are really good at something, get better at it. Focus on that. It is so draining and exhausting to focus on your weakness. And I'm going to give you guys an example. You know, I am an entrepreneur (laughs) um, and I love marketing. Marketing is a passion of mine. Um, I'm very good with creativity um, and I'm decent at structure. I can, you know, I I sometimes um, get a little bored with structure, um, but I really try to hone in on that balance between the two. But my greatest weakness are is accounting. You know, they are just the mundane entry classification, all the numbers. That's my weakness. And for the first couple of years in business, I went to classes. I read a bunch of articles. I tried to do everything I could to become better at that. And it's not to say that we don't need to understand Because I'm not saying to you, you don't need to understand your weaknesses. I think it's important. And I think it was important that I understood the basic skills of accounting. But finally, I just woke up one day and said, this isn't worth it. I've put in all these hours to improve on my weakness. And I'm really not improving all that much. And I could have used those hours towards building on my strengths. My strength of creativity, my strength of marketing, my strength of seeing the big picture, my strength of being a visionary. So I really encourage you guys to capitalize on your strengths. You know, don't waste your time focusing so much on the weakness. See the positive side of things and focus on your strengths and build on that. And I think that you know, that it's a really good lend to creating a mantra or a self-affirmation statement. Um, there is actually a great book, um, Best Self, um, Be You, Only Better, and it's by uh, Mike Bayer. And, you know, especially if you are starting uh, kind of from scratch on this self-improvement journey, I really uh, recommend it. But I know having a mantra that uh, empowers you is really important and a self-affirmation statement that really it embeds your or embodies your uh, your strengths and who you are at your core. And I really encourage you to adopt, you know, and create and a self-affirmation statement. Say it to yourself multiple times a day. Look in the mirror. Look yourself straight in the eye and, and say it to yourself, you know, and include those strengths and really get clear on who you are at your core and what you have to share with the world. We all have something to share with the world. Um, and figure that out. Figure out your strengths and really focus on them. Um, you know, there are so many different things. A lot of people use mantras during meditation. Some people enjoy, you know, self, um, 
you know, or, or guided meditation. Some people enjoy just doing them by themselves. Um, whatever it is, you know, really take time to figure out that statement, what you tell yourself on a daily basis, what you decide to put your time and energy in um, to building within your life is the most important thing you will ever do. Um, one thing is for sure, <laughs> we are not getting out of here alive. That's the only certainty we have in life is that we all one day are not going to be here anymore. We have one life to live. And it's so important what we tell ourselves, you know, about ourselves and what what we believe about ourselves. What people say about you is none of your business. <laughs> and I always, you know, remind myself of that. This life is a journey and it's a journey for you. You know, it's your journey. And I think having that knowledge of what your strengths are And being able to grow from there is one of the most impactful things we could ever do for ourselves on this journey. And remember that, you know, failure is part of it. Failure is part of the journey. It's going to happen. It happens to everybody on a daily basis. Um, But what we do with that failure is what means the most. Um, You know, we learn from our mistakes. When something goes wrong, slow down, really analyze it, and revise your structure and try again. And again, that's when creativity comes back in. You know, we have to have that balance of creativity and structure to where when we fail or when an idea doesn't launch, you know, correctly, we can slow down, sit back, analyze what happened, you know, in in our lives and become creative, generate new ideas, um, look at the bigger picture, find your strengths, um, where can your strengths help you in that situation, learn from the past and press on, you know, forward. And that's again, where structure comes in. And I think so many of us are, and I hear this all the time as an employer, I hear, You know, I'll talk to fellow entrepreneurs and I will look at applications of, you know, potential employees and everything that I look at is either, you know, you've got the um, one end of the spectrum, you have the graphic designers, which are the most creative of creatives, and then you have the other end of the spectrum of pack and ship, which is the most task-oriented of task-oriented. Um, And those are just examples, of course, Um, you know, but there are tasks. My point is, is that there are task oriented people and then there are the creative people. What we need is more of the happy medium, the ability to be creative, work backwards to structure it so that we can bring those creative ideas to fruition through structure. And then if those ideas are success, fantastic. Enjoy it. Celebrate that success. Celebrate the big wins, the small wins. Celebrate every success, big or small. If those creative ideas and that structured plan is a failure, then we learn from it. You know, we we win or we learn. And when we learn from that, 
we're able to sit back, tap into our creative and visionary skills. Um, you know, and, and, and some people are just generally, they're going to be more task oriented. They're going to be more creative. I am certainly more of a creative side person, but I can pull myself back to the structure. So if you are more structured and less creative, get a group of people, find people who complement your strengths, um, you know, and even your weaknesses, find people who counterbalance that. You know, bounce people off, bounce ideas off of people. Have that soundboard. Um, you know, big, uh, larger corporations, they have board of directors. Um, there's a reason for that. You know, those people are there to kind of serve as a mastermind group, um, to keep people in balance, to have those balanced opinions. It's very easy to think that your ideas are fantastic. We all think our ideas are great, but sometimes when we present those ideas, six different, you know, opportunities or uh, perspectives are presented that you never even thought of. So that is extremely important, you know, use people to counterbalance um, your strengths and weaknesses and to bring new perspectives into it. Um but this is a subject I am really passionate about, and I encourage you guys to really think about before you do something, think about the sequence of events. Are you setting yourself up for success or are you setting yourself up for failure? Have you been as creative as possible? Have you brought in the minds and the perspectives of the people that you should have? Have you worked backwards and created a structure that's going to springboard you to success? Or do you have not have enough structure to do that? You know, sequence, structure, and creativity is so important in projecting you to your future. Um, so I really, really encourage you to think about that today. Think about your goals, work backwards, um, and let's see you guys, you know, hit those milestones. I believe in you. Um, I'm rooting for you. And I know uh, that it's possible if we just tap in to what's inside of us. Um, so I just want to leave you with, with um, this. You know, some people are visionaries, more creative than others. Some people are task-oriented. They're more structured than others. The world needs both. You know, find your strengths, use them to propel you forward rather than using your weaknesses to hold you back. Um, be sure to tune in next episode. I hope you've enjoyed this one. Um, next episode, I am going to be interviewing best-selling author Carly Cade, um, and we're going to be learning how she uses sequence and structure to help her perform at her best and become so creative. She is a joy to talk with, and I'm really excited to have her on um, next episode. So thank you for listening to Parables, Life Lessons from a Horse with me, Kat Chrysostom, as your host. If you enjoyed our show and want to learn more, check out BenefabProducts.com or subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to join us next week when we'll discuss another important life lesson. And until then, be well and take care.